Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. So everybody's here in the common room. Arnis is playing a little tune. Darwin begins the prayer to contact Coram. And it takes more time than you're used to to get a response. It's not like every time you pray you've gotten a response. But when you have, like you know it's really only a few beats after you get into it and kind of focus in that it starts. And this is almost like a minute. But as you go through your prayer... Aranus's song falls silent as everyone passes out. And you all in this dream space are standing before Coram. Hello, Darwin. Always a pleasure. And you've got a new friend with you. Friend I trust. Friend. Okay. If they needed to stay here, just let me know. (laughs) Whoa. So, what brings you to me today? I'm just going to glance over to Arnis and be like, (laughs) Cool. Take it from here, bud. We're here about Vale. (sighs) Ah, yes. I was curious how long it would take before you would ask about them. I expected to hear from you right away, actually. About Vale and... Well, at least one other topic. You got a little sidetracked. But you're here now. Yes. So, what about Vale? Uh, we need to get them back. Yes, that part I understand. Uh, what about them? What do you... What do you... I know what you want. How can I help you? Well, What do I you mean, need from me? That's sort of the question. What we need is a means to get them back. I mean, it's been floated on our end that perhaps we could find Vale a body over here and just transport the soul. Hmm. Uh, In theory, yes. But I'm not comfortable taking any action on that front without talking to Vale. Vale would have to present themselves to me first before I could even attempt such a thing. They're rather wily. <laughs> They're not like 
It's not like they're knocking on my door. You think it would have a loudspeaker? Vale, please come to Quorum's <laughs> office. Vale. I haven't been too concerned with locating them. They haven't caused any problems yet. That was my next question. <laughs> um, okay. Then the other question is, you said they might be able to go out the way they came in? Yes. So, like, if they could show you, like, this is the spot that I dropped into your realm, we might be able to get them back out that way. Except that none of us can access the grayscape. Not currently. Really? What? Darwin, I thought I was holding that open for you. Is it still open? <laughs> That portal is still fucking open? Wait, it is? <laughs> Do you think you paid such a price for temporary aid? Oh, oh my, my god, god, we have to go back to Capris. <laughs> um. Oh. They're gonna go down in that hole and they're gonna find a portal. And they're not gonna know what the hell it is. And then snow people are gonna come out of it. Um. <laughs> Can I just ask? I apologize, Corin. We should have talked to you ages ago. Out of character, um, <laughs> has Darkin or Arnis ever asked Corum about healing the withering or how to reverse it? Nope. No. Nope. That's just something I wanted to ask out loud. Okay. Does Elon want to ask that out loud to Corum? If the conversation is wrapping up and no one has uh, said oh, anything, no, 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 no. we're she's not wrapping up. To- I have a feeling that this is a point of interest. Darwin most definitely does not want to ask that question. <laughs> uh, I mean, if that portal is how Vale got here, then the door is still open. Motherfucker. So that's... I misunderstood. <laughs> it happens, Darwin. <laughs> I don't feel like any of us understood that that was still open, and that's exciting. Oh, sorry, it's, he didn't make it explicit at no, all. He no, he really didn't. Um... Okay, uh, alright. That's a thing. I have further questions. But information aside, is there something that you need from me or of me? Well, I mean, at this point, it would probably be useful to locate Vale and try to send them back through the portal. Because theoretically, we don't even have to go get them. What I know about Vale here is limited. As I said, it seems they are not eager to be found. And as I have told to Darwin, at the very least, I deal with souls, not bodies. My whole realm is meant for souls, not bodies. I don't know precisely where Vale is, but I can tell you that they won't last here forever. Living bodies aren't meant for this place. Eventually, they will break down and pass. Oh dear. If you were to come here to find Vale, you would put yourselves at risk as well. It can be delayed, certainly. But I wouldn't suggest building a home here. (laughs) Unless you intend to never leave. Okay. So then, if they're not intending to be found at the moment, how do we find them or how do you find them i'm i mean do I, you need me to find them instead of yourselves well i don't 
I'm just not sure how much good it's going to do for us to like drop down into the land of the dead and be like, Vale, Vale, Vale. Like, I don't. Some of the souls here are inclined to help, just as they were in life. Um, I have many duties. Point of order. One soul is not always top of my list. Yes. Um, if Vale were interested in taking the soul route, we know, and Iolana would know this, of a location where there are a bunch of changelings whose souls should be set free. God. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Um, talking about Earl? Yeah. yeah. Iolana's talking about Earl. Plus they'd have their arm back. True. Well, not their arm. Someone so else's arm. Like, portal's an option, but We've got other options on the table now. We've gone from no options to, wow, there's plenty of options. Well, I mean, we've got like two options as far as I can see. Well, two is two more than we had 10 minutes ago. I guess that's true. So um, you've got the option of going down there and finding Vale personally and a seance? Finding a way to pull their soul, yeah, and putting yeah. it in another body. Well, but I mean, that still entails somebody finding them. Mm-hmm. Communication with the dead is... Well, mm. that's Speed body? with the Dead has been pretty much nixed by Corum, but that's not to say that's not to say that there aren't other methods. Just the traditional way is closed. I think Corum would even tell you as such, like, if Vil were to come to me, obviously I could have them speak with you as we are speaking now. Outside of that, you would need somebody who's able to find someone who doesn't want to be found. I can do that. <laughs> One of my skills. <laughs> you can speak across the plains. That I can't do. It's a rare gift. I won't hold it against you. Do you have suggestions for whom we might go to? I swear hmm. to God, if he says a Kiri right now, I'm going to just shit a damn brick. No, not a Kiri. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was all I'm thinking is like, oh my God, it's going to tell us to go fucking talk to Mr. Sangal about... Corum would mention Mr. Sengal before he mentions Akiri, for at least two good reasons. Oh, but no, he wouldn't mention her either. She's just too far down the totem pole for him. Hmm. Well, I don't have a list of names in front of me who can speak across the plains, but anyone who is from another plane or who has spent a great deal of time in another plane may know how. Or anyone who can even crack a window open into the plane of the dead. Hmm. See, who knows how to get to, let's see, okay, mm. which planes actually exist? Uh, not all of them. So there's, there's your mortal plane, of course, there's the astral plane, there's mine, and there is whatever Pathox made. The elementals claim to have a plane of their own, but it's not quite. They have corners of the world that they've claimed. Calling it a plane is just fancy. He's not trying to deride your father or your yeah, lineage no. at all. And I'm uh, not offended. It's like, you know, humans call their lands kingdoms. Yeah, exactly. Elementals are like, no, this is my plane. It's a different terminology. Not to say that you want to go to the kingdom of the fire elementals. That Sounds probably like a would be a bad hurt. idea. <laughs> it's probably inside a volcano. <laughs> but yes, anyone who's been to any of those planes, who's traveled through them, if you know anybody who can open doors to other planes, or 
You could just walk right through that portal yourself. Seems like the best option. Either that or go talk to Imelda. Right? (laughs) One of those may. You never know. (laughs) I guess that's true. We could talk to Imelda. I feel like that's a long way to go and Vale doesn't have that long. It's true. Time may not work in the land of the dead the same way Maybe just go back to Capper's then. Um, yeah. I have... I have a weird question. I'm not a limitless resource for you, Arnest. <laughs> I, I know you're not. You've done good work for me, for the world, <sighs> but that doesn't mean I'm completely at your disposal. I I do know that. Okay. Not necessarily expecting you to answer, but I want to ask this just in case. Okay. We've run into a, let's call it a voice, out here on this weird floating island um, claiming to be Agni Tai. <laughs> and also He's giving you the and claiming gesture. that they need help. Yes, and? Is there some reason you can think of why they would need help or need to be set free? Her? Yeah. Were I a gambling person, were I willing to take wagers, I would say she made a bad deal. Got in <laughs> over her head. A god can get in over their heads? I'd say Pathox did. That's fair. As powerful as we are, we're not flawless. Interesting. And Agni Ty is fond of making deals. She's usually far ahead of her opponents. If she made a bad deal, it's with someone who far outpaces her mentally. What? Okay, well, if we didn't think they were dangerous before, yeah. Cool. That's helpful and scary. Well then, it sounds like I'll either be hearing from you soon or I'll be seeing you soon. Can I ask you about the withering? (laughs) Before we go, <laughs> roll persuasion. Arnis persuades. Corn's at his limit right now. He's, he really is. He's, he's tired of us. He's like trying to. He's opening the door and he's just like, "Come on, come on, guys! Thanks for visiting. Drive safe." And you're like, "Can I get a cup of coffee for the road?" And you're just standing there in the doorway, not taking the hint. That's a crazy roll. Still a fifteen. What's your question about the withering? Or what is what did you want to say about the withering? I mean, I've got like a million questions what for one him. one thing first? Cuz he's going to answer this in a very godlike way as he shuts the door behind you. <laughs> um really want to ask. You can feel him pushing you back out to your body <laughs> and you're just like barely eking out this question or this statement right before he closes the door. What one thing do I want to ask? Do I ask him how to stop it? He's not going to tell us how to stop it. Or if he knew that this was going to be a consequence. I don't... Oh my god, one thing. So much pressure. Somebody's got to ask something. If somebody has a better idea. um, You're being pushed out the door. Go with the knee jerk. Like, how do I stop the withering? Or like, yeah, how do I reverse it? Yeah. Like, you're, go yeah, with the knee jerk yeah, right. response. Yeah. That's going to go well. It's not gonna go well at all um how do we stop it 
Uh, that's a good question. Not because it's like, ooh, it's very itch. Like, ooh, he's going to give you this. No, it's a good question to go out on. Uh. <laughs> About the withering, how do you stop it? And as Corum is gently but firmly escorting you out of this <laughs> space and out of his realm and out of his presence, he'll respond so that all of you can hear. Pathox is dead. The ties connecting his children to this world have been cut. They are adrift without an anchor and will surely be lost at sea. And then you all wake up in your bodies. And Yolana begins writing. (laughs) (laughs) Copious, copious pages of notes, flipping. Yolana begins furiously writing down notes from this meeting with a god. So, what are you guys doing? You've had a little chat with a god here. Are you still intending to go seek out the fiend goddess? Are we? I think if we can have a goddess Oas one right now, that's not a bad thing. It's true. I don't disagree. On the other hand, it could be a trap. But I still want to do it. Everything could always be a trap. It's true. How many poor decisions have we made? Lots. Yes. Let's make one more. (laughs) And they've all been traps. But let's do it. Yes. They haven't all been traps. Even Coram's deal was a trap. Oh, hey, that was a trap. <laughs> that was a trap. That was it's cool, though, because trap. even based on what he just said, Arnis is like, yep, I was right. I know how to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know conceptually how to fix it. You don't know how to actually fix it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't know how to grab the tethers. You just know that someone needs to grab them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to do that, just that it needs to be done. But there's got to be someone else we could ask that. There's a god in the building. Somewhere. Yeah, we could ask her. (laughs) Somewhere. Out there. There's a god. In the vicinity. Yeah. Like, they weren't calling to you across time and space. They were calling to you from nearby. That's true. We could ask her. Maybe she'd help. We owe her one. Or maybe she'll trick us and our souls will be forever. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. (laughs) Be damned once. I can't. Let's go for the hat trick. Yeah, only quorum deals with souls and I can't die anyway. So, what, what are we worried about? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go meet another god. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yolanda's excited to meet the first god that she'll have met that you haven't met. Well, I guess you hadn't met Brumble before. I had not. When I so callously used... <laughs> hit, yeah, well... You so callously used their artifact to uh, yeah. do a lot of things. Anyways. Of many bad things. So, you gather up your possessions. You head out of the room. Sam lights the red candle, so that way you won't be disturbed. At least until morning time, when Akiri is expecting you. <laughs> what are you doing? Go back to the room with the portrait first, because that was where we made the last contact with her, unless someone's just going to be like, Hello! We're here to help you! In the middle of the hallway. Uh, I'm not planning on doing that. So, we should, yeah, we should go back to the portrait. Okay. See if we can get... A feeling of what direction to go. Anybody feel like being sneaky? Uh, I'm not particularly sneaky. sneaky. Yeah, I'm kind of like the whole, if we don't look like we're sneaking, then people are going to be less likely to be like, you're not supposed to be here. Like, you kind of said- We were told we can kind of do In the building was what I was understanding, like, just don't go outside. Yeah. Okay. If it's not your intention to hide from people here in the building, then- I'm just going to fly casual. Then you make your way back towards the meeting room. It's no secret where it's at. 
You've been there a couple of times now. As you head off in that direction, there are a few more plant slash wooden guards stationed at very specific doorways. And they all definitely take note of you. Their heads quickly turn and watch as you walk down the hall and you come to the meeting room. Once inside, it's very much like it was before, except there's no food or drink. The candles aren't lit, but it's still very clean. still smells good in here. And the the painting showing Akiri is still drawn open. All the others are shut. Who's doing what? Let's open the painting. Yeah. Okay, who's opening it up? I'll do it. All right. Whoa. Iolana's curiosity. All right. Iolana walks back over to that same painting, draws the curtain open, and again, you see this huge painting bearing the image that you now know is of Agni Tai and of a beardless dwarf. What do you do next? <laughs> Nothing happens. Oh, wait, there was a door that opened, right? Was there a door that opened? Yes, there was a second door in the room. That opened up after she contacted you and asked for help. Well, if nothing else happens, I'll want to try the door. Try the door. Yeah, try the door. Okay, who's I going to open the door? Somebody has to do that, though. One of you two over there. Barbara or Arnis. Seems like a job for Iolana. Oh. Okay. I mean, if y'all just want to stare at Iolana until she opens the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Iolana is going to take a moment before she opens the door and center her mind. Because if this door does anything weird, she wants to be ready for it. What does centering your mind do for you? Um, in this instance, she's like, okay, what's the worst possible thing that this door could do? And in her brain, she thinks, explode. So she's prepared to like dodge out of the way if the thing blows or does something dramatically violent towards her. All right. So Yolanda steps away from the painting of Agni Tai and this dwarf. And walks across the room to the door that opened previously. Centers herself, reaches out to the door to open it. And moments before your hand can reach the handle, it silently opens up a few inches. That's not creepy. Almost inviting. Wonderful. So um, I point out that the door is open and I like kind of give them all the, are we we going through here? This is the plan, right? Yeah. It's good. Can I check the door for any sort of, like, magical something? Can I, like, do an arcana check on the door to see if it was, like, opened by some sort of, like, magical means? Do you have a detect magic at all? Okay. You can roll arcana still. I was just saying, if you had detect magic, I could give you a much more black and white answer. Yeah, no. But if you just want to roll arcana, we can get some flavors. Yeah, it's literally just arcana. I don't have have detect magic or anything. Go ahead and roll it. Or anything so fancy. Well, that's a 24. As you're examining this door in this doorway, again, you notice two things. One, this door on its own is definitely not magical. But just behind that, you feel the echo of a divine presence. You've been around divine artifacts, beings before, so you kind of know what it feels like. And it feels like one was just here and like vanished down this hallway. All right. I relay this information to my companions. Uh, Then we're going in the right direction. Right, like, just to say, like, Pretty sure she did that. <laughs> if I had to take a shot at it. Okay. All right, people. Do you ready for a trap? 
Never. <laughs> Who's leading us? I don't know. I can go first, I guess. All right. Aranus takes the lead. Playing a song? No. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to, like, be stealthy, but I don't need to make myself extra obvious, please. Okay. You don't need to announce your presence here. Yes. Okay. Arnis is taking the lead. What's the rest of the order here? Go behind, I guess. Arnis, followed by Darwin. Ilana, do you want to be after Darwin, or do you want to have Sam in the middle there? I'll take the rear guard. We'll put Sam in the middle. Definitely at least trained at the same place as Vale. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Similar style training. Okay. And you start heading down this hallway. It is very dimly lit. Unlike the rest of the castle that you've seen so far, this one doesn't seem as heavily used. It seems a little bit more narrow, like it's not intended for guests. Darwin would probably be the first to catch on this, given his experience with luxury. This is more like a servant's hallway. That way they can move about with food, dirty dishes, uh, things of that nature, without okay. being in the main areas and being seen by all the guests. Maybe, you know, if they had to, like, sneak somebody out and rough them up a little bit, they'd bring them in here, too. But for the most part, you know, servants' entrances. Well, that's good. And you head down this hallway. There are a couple of doors on the sides, but you still feel that divine energy leading you forward. It's like chasing the wind. And eventually, it leads you to a staircase, going down, of course. And as you head down, the air gets cooler and cooler and cooler, until suddenly it starts getting humid. Not necessarily hot, but definitely thicker. And you emerge into, you emerge into the basement of this castle, or maybe it was a dungeon once, or holding cells, but it was never meant to be public. And there's no light down here. It is all black. Uh, who's got dark vision? I do. I will in a second. I don't. <laughs> Unless you're going to light it up, Ernest. Uh, I would just because I know that Darwin can't see and I don't know anything about Ilana, so. Cool, then I don't have right. to spend the points, which I feel like I'm going <laughs> to need, so. Okay. Um, as a matter of course, I just like cast light on like one of Darwin's buttons. Just like almost automatically when it gets dark <laughs> because I did it for so long when we nice. were like basically living in like the winter band, right? Mm -hmm. So okay. I just like, I notice the darkness of it and just like, I just, mm -hmm. I just do it. Reflexively, you turn the nightlight on. Yeah. Okay. How far does that light go? Let's remember because yeah. I don't remember. I want to build some scale, some scope here. I don't know if you're lighting up the whole place or if there's still some shadows here. So bright light Sheds for 30 and dim light for another? 20, but yes. Oh, okay. So bright light in a 20-foot radius and dim light for an additional 20. Okay. So as you step down into this area and light up this button for Darwin so that he can see, the first thing that you notice is the size of this room. It is a very long space. It's not too wide, maybe only like 30 feet wide, but it is quite long. And as you get farther away from the door that led you into this area, this basement, this dungeon, the condition of the room just deteriorates. There's scratched up stone walls and pillars. There's some bits of stone from the ceiling that have fallen down. And as you walk forward, the very first thing that all of you hear are chains, heavy chains being dragged along the floor. Wow. 
continuing forward. Heavy chains being dragged along the floor. Um, mm-hmm. In your direction, to be clear. I can't see anything. How far does your dark vision go? It's like pitch black down here, right? Aside from the light that you've cast, yes. Uh, okay. But not magically I can, dark. I can see in dim light within 60 feet as if it were bright light and in darkness as if it were dim light. So okay. 60 feet. All right. You hear the sound of the chains before you see a figure. Do you wish to continue forward? Uh, not particularly. I stop them all behind me and just kind of turn back to them and say, there's somebody out there. Everybody hears the chains. Everybody hears the chains, so they know <laughs> yeah. that. I, I, I would hope there's somebody out there. They asked us to come and help them. Yeah, maybe whoever is chained. And as you stand here saying this, you hear the chains drag closer and closer. Arnus turning to face the darkness. I think you're the first one to catch the silhouette. They're definitely taller than you. Their wingspan is much greater than yours. Which is to say they have wings. (laughs) And the sound of the dragging chains gets closer and closer as you see this large winged figure walk closer and closer. And before you can see a face, you see that purple glow from her horns as Agni Tai steps out of the shadows with her lavender skin, her jet black hair, and curved purple and black horns. There's a slight purple glow coming from the horns and a bit of shadowy flame near the ends. And she has wide, leathery, dragon-like wings tied around her torso and her legs and her arms are just numerous thick, heavy chains that drag along behind her as she approaches. And she greets you warmly with a voice like a, almost like a southern bell. Well, I was hoping that somebody would come to see me. I'm quite pleased that y'all paid me a visit. Are you here to help? Maybe. What sort of help do you need? Have you ever made a bad deal? (laughs) You don't know who we are, do you? (laughs) Only that you're new here. I ask all the newcomers and you're, well, not the first to respond, but perhaps the first to help. Let's just say, yeah, sure. And leave it at that. Well, then, I need help out of my deal. Uh, Who did you make this deal with? Someone who is nowhere near as simple-minded as I had thought. A dwarf by the name of Levesque. Okay. That's not a name we would recognize for any reason, right? Mm, or was he at the gathering no, thing? No. No. Okay. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. This is not a dwarf that you've met before. Okay. Would anybody have reason to have heard of this person? Probably not. No. They're not from Sarakar. No, it's not a name that you recognize. Okay. I've made many deals in my past and I am ashamed to admit they have outwitted me. Um, how did they outwit you? Roll persuasion. Oh, God. All right. They're asking somebody to show you how they were a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
True. Dumbass. I mean, I just tell people, so... Mm. That's 27. Well, we made a simple deal. I thought it was simple at the time. I would help them guide this island and take them to meet their father so that they may claim their inheritance. I was foolish enough to not determine who that father was. And now I'm here. I want to make sure that I understand something here. Without you, this island doesn't move? Hmm. Not directly. I'm not personally keeping it afloat or swimming it across the oceans. But those who are, are contracted to me to do so. So if we set you free, this island is stuck here. Or it sinks. It's not big a deal to me. But if we set you free, our new friends are very angry with us, yes? Uh, it depends on who your friends are. And if they know that we Friends is maybe they're wrong. It's neither here nor there. Never mind. Or if they know we did it. Oh, that's true. They would know. Unless we could frame someone. Don't really have that option. Um, what's in it for us? Well, <laughs> if I am free of this deal, then I could be at my full power to be disposed to help you in another. I do not know what brings you here or what it is you desire, but there's a deal for everything. I'm far more accustomed to being on the good end of the deals. Doesn't that put us on the bad end, though? You'll still get what you want. I just may get more. Yeah, that's what concerns me. I don't like the idea of coming up short on a deal with the God of Fiends. Yeah, I don't either. And she's clearly not desperate enough because she's not offering us carte blanche. She's saying, let me out and then we'll talk. So I know when to walk away from a deal. <laughs> yeah, Arnis is inclined to do the same considering his past mistakes. I will defer to your judgment. That's probably right. <laughs> How many times has Arnis steered you wrong, Darwin? Uh, and you're just like, I'm cool. <laughs> We're good, bro. Do what you want. See, at least if I make the choice, it goes wrong and it's my fault. This way. <sighs> it's my fault again. I will say this. I don't intend to make you regret a deal with me. See, but that shouldn't that sentence say <laughs> I don't intend to make you regret? Isn't that what I just what said? said? The deal that with is, me. That is what he said. It's the inflection that I'm concerned with. Yeah, right? no, Yolanda is going to point out also the fact that just because you said you don't intend to it doesn't mean it's not going to be built into the deal. Like, doesn't mean or that it's something that you wouldn't build. You wouldn't. Fuck words. Um, just because you say you don't intend it doesn't mean it won't be there. It's like, I didn't intend for you to fall to your death, but you asked to be out of here and I popped you into the sky. Can I? I've, you are I've, quite astute, miss. I feel like I'm way too late to do this, but I want to roll insight. <laughs> On what? I should have rolled it. What do you, you like, want to know? Like, I what should've... are you looking for? What are you looking for with an insight roll? Whether she's telling the truth, whether she has something else up her sleeve. I don't actually even know at this point, right? Because I'm thinking about it now and thinking I. I mean, I think you can roll it. I just. I should have asked know... to roll this like 
five minutes ago in the conversation. I just want to know, like, what in particular makes Arnus want to study Agnitai a little closer and see what's up? What's drawing this attention? Is it just because they're a god? No. Is it because you think they're lying? No, it's the, it's the, she drew us down here to let us, to let her out. Yes. But she doesn't seem particularly fussed about getting out, right? Like she wants to get out, but she's like, oh, if you like, if you let me out, then maybe like we can make a deal, right? It's what, it's what Ilana was saying. Like she doesn't seem particularly bothered by it. All right, roll insight. Like, that to me is, it's concerning. You can find out whether or not this is bravado. Ooh. That is a 14. (sighs) Fiends are notoriously difficult to read. Yeah. The goddess of fiends, even more so. And it's it's not that you think that she's trying to trick you, but you just don't know how. It's just mixed messages. You're seeing the plea for help in her face at the same time that you're seeing this confidence that she's going to have a good outcome uh, at the same time that she's asking for help. You see that she's more concerned about herself than you. But not so much more concerned about herself to make a deal that's going to put her on the downside of the deal, right? Not so concerned about herself to be like, oh, please get me out of here. I will do anything for you. Making a deal with her is pretty could be for anything. Yes, yes, but no, there's a not, difference. <laughs> there's yeah, a difference yeah. between uh, what strings are attached. Yeah, to that. the strings that that concern concerns Iolana. Okay. Yeah, given all of that, I'm. You're what? I'm out. So Arnis turns around to start leaving. Um. Or what? He's not so jerkish, but I think he uses. Some of her own words. Agnitai, to borrow a phrase, I have some experience with bad deals myself. The last deal I made with a god, I failed to ask as many questions as I should have. And um, it did not end well. And so I'm inclined to not jump in with both feet. I can't, of course, speak for my colleagues and what they would want to do. but. I got to tell you, I'm not so much for the deals. Hmm. Well, if you don't speak for your companions, young Mr. Human, would you be willing to help me out? I'd defer to my half-elf friend's judgment. Sorry. Miss Genasi. What does getting you out of the deal entail? Well, deals end in one of two ways. You help me fulfill the deal that was made and introduce Levesque to his father so that he may claim his heritage. Or something untoward happens to Levesque, and he is no longer able of carrying out that part of the bargain. You said you were unsure when the deal was first made who his father was that he was intending, so I'm going to ask you, so what have you learned to crystallize your understanding of that? Roll persuasion. Okay. Good old persuasion with a bonus of nothing. Uh, Twelve. Okay. Yeah, I can stick with the uh, answer that I had in mind, which is in the form of a question. (laughs) Well, tell me, Miss Genasi, what do you know of demigods? Not much right now. 
Well, then let me enlighten you a touch. We gods are more than capable of bearing offspring, but that doesn't mean that they are entitled to any of our gifts. We can withhold them as we see fit. And Levesque feels himself more fit than his father would. Oh. That is some important stuff to know, too. I don't understand. Artist is getting ideas. It's Levesque's father, the god of dwarves. Oh, the dwarf whose father was me. I don't know. I'm so confused. Gregor Ironhand. Yes. Wait a minute. Hmm. Should recognize that name, right? It's the name of the god of dwarves. Yes. Weren't they talking about him in the meeting, saying there was some artifact yeah. of something yeah. that had something to do with... They mentioned a dwarven artifact, yeah. I don't know if they mentioned Gregg's name explicitly, but yes, they did mention an artifact uh, in the Protectorate of Stone that they were seeking. Whether or not that has anything to do with Levesque, that is unknown. Oh, no, that's a, that's a whole other thing. Like, that's I, a whole other thing. No, I know that. You do also know the dwarves are affected by the withering. Yeah. So, like, no big deal. Just go kill this demigod and... Or bring them to their father. Help them take their place. Uh, except dad doesn't want them there. No. So that's... It's either kill a demigod or potentially kill a god. Potentially. I'm not saying that's certain, but it's, I mean, there's going to be a fight there. I would imagine somebody's going to put up some sort of resistance. Yeah, I'm out. Uh, now no? I'm out. I've already fought one god and cursed the world, so I'm out. Your loss. I think I'm really okay with that, actually. I helped RNS fight a god and cursed the world, so also out. She turns to Ilana, who is yet to respond to this offer. So it's not as simple as just freeing you from your chains, huh? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry if you are confused. I am not bound by these chains here. And she spreads her wings out wide, and you hear the chains start rushing forward as each one of them raises up behind her wings with a different weapon on the end of them. Got it. Sword, hammer, mace, axe. These are for my protection. And for Levesque's protection. Got it. It is not a physical bind that ties me here. Yeah, okay. Clearly bound by my own oath. Um, hey, not every god is willing to break their own deals. Yeah, that is interesting. Unfortunately, I think I've got too much on my plate at this point. I can't help you on my own. Okay. So what are people doing? Are we heading back out? Agnetize disappointed to say the least i mean it would be my intention to just sort of nice to meet you everybody roll perception oh god this i'm actually good at because she was behind us the whole time oh no he's behind me isn't he Ooh. oh shit ilana 14 arnis eight darvin 18. Nice. Oh, thank God. Darvin, turn to you. As Agni Tai is showing off her chain weapons, and you and your compatriots are deciding 
this is a little too much. We're in over our heads with this deal. Let's go. Before you have a chance to turn around, you hear the knock of footsteps approaching from the staircase that you took down. Oh, dear. And then you hear a heavy door swing shut. Oh, dear. Oh, crap. And you hear the sound of much shorter footsteps approaching you. Point the Zola to Arnis. Along the stones. Any Alana. And there you see the shaven dwarf face matching that of the person in the painting upstairs. Yay. And as Levesque steps into the light, he says, Well, Agni Ty, it seems you have failed yet again to seduce a stranger to your aid. And since they are not here to dispose of me, please, by all means, dispose of them. Oh, mother. Should have taken a long rest. We're screwed. This is where we die. This is where we die. (laughs) And from along the sides of the room, you hear the sound of multiple metal doors being swung open and footsteps. Agnitide is... Not necessarily want to fight you herself. But there are those down here whom she has made a deal with to assist her in protecting Levesque while she is busy keeping the island on track. So freaking screwed. Right? I forgot. I got firebolt. Nice. You say firebolt or fireball? Firebolt. Firebolt against fiends isn't going to do a whole lot. Yeah, but how do I know that? Uh, how would Arnus know that? That's a. Mm. I, I think what I think common knowledge, or at least common perception of fiends, is that they are comfortable with fire. There are not many who have tested that theory out and returned to tell the tale. Got it. Uh, especially because fiends are so very rare. There are none on Sarakar, at least none known to be native there. So any stories that. Darwin and Aranus would have heard would have been second-hand at the very least. Iolana, which continent are you from again? Oh, I'm from an island somewhere. Yes, you're from an island somewhere. I just had my information up. Let me find it. I want to say it was in the spring band, but I'm probably wrong. I don't have that written down in the questions. I'd have to search through my email to find it. I'm sorry. All right. Well, it's not Amranor, is it? I don't think so. Okay. Most of the stories of fiends come from Amranor, which is, in fact, the only place where they are native to anymore. So, some, you definitely have heard tales at least of fiends with just, like, arms sheathed in fire or, like, spouting, like, burning lava or something. Okay. But fiends, much like other humanoids, come in many different varieties. And as Levesque orders Agnitai to assist you, there's certainly one other thing that you all notice about him before you turn to face your oncoming attackers. And that is that the withering has spread up almost entirely his left arm and side of his face. He's also not immune to this. Hmm. You have one shot to persuade him to let you go because you're actively working on and trying to then- solve withering. Right. As you hear these gates open, mostly what you see are, well, relatively small creatures. They're shorter than you, but they are more stout. They've got 
four short, stout legs with two grasping clawed arms reaching upwards and giant toothy mouths covering almost their whole top side. But aside from them, there's one much, much larger fiend who makes his entrance. Standing over ten feet tall, he has these huge tusks coming out from either side of his mouth, extending up past his head. He wields a huge blade in one hand and a crossbow in the other. He looks like some demented form of ogre. Agnetai, seeing them, looks at you and simply says, Well, if you survive, perhaps we could cut a deal, but if not, I do apologize. And she motions with a wing. I'm sorry, Arnis, is there something you wanted to say? I was going to try to- I see you trying to raise a hand over there. I was going to try to shout something at the dwarf man (laughs) before we get just, like, rolled over by this party of fiends. All right, Arnis. You've got one shot to delay this initiative roll. What do you say? Okay. It's a longish sentence, so he's going to say it fast. Um, yeah, brevity. We uh, <laughs> can't make the sentence shorter. We're actively working to stop the withering, and letting us go may be the only thing that saves your life. Uh, would anybody like to assist Arnis in this last-ditch effort at negotiations? Um... Sure. Do I need to say something? Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not expecting this to work, by the way. This is a- it's a Hail Mary. Yeah, I'll just yell out, he's telling the truth. We're gonna fix it. By killing us, you're killing yourself. Well, that's good. That's good. That's quite good, actually. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right, uh, Darvin, um, I think you're just gonna give Arnis advantage here. Cool. That's the best. Because you're still making one simple argument. Mm -hmm. I I shouldn't say simple argument. You're making one argument. One collective argument. Yeah. Okay. It's a 26. All right. So, don't yell at me yet. (sighs) I'm not saying this fail. No, no, I'm not saying this fail. Go ahead. First, everybody roll initiative. Okay. I need to roll four. (laughs) Now I crit. This right. demon. Damn. So you did. And then how many of these demons are going to be here? Oh, let's say four. <laughs> Don't yell at me yet. <laughs> well, because I know asking for initiative sounds like you failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. I just want this here in place before anything else could potentially go wrong. All right. Arnis. 23. Ilana. 14. Darvin. Also 23. Damn. Okay. So Aranis and Darvin, as you're trying to make this argument that killing you almost ensures the withering completes its task. And you are hoping that Levesque has a sense of self-preservation here. And he watches with a cold grin as these fiends approach you from the sides of the room, from the darkness. Just before the large one can take a shot at you, he simply holds up a hand, and they all stop. And how is it that you all intend to stop this withering? What makes you so special? Please don't tell him the truth. Now is not the time to tell him that you're the one who did it. (laughs) Then what do I tell him? 
Tell him you're the next Pathox. You just need to assume your power. <coughs> Tell him that you understand the nuance of what happened more than anyone else, and that you're moving to correct, correct it. it. Yeah. Because that's not a lie, and it also doesn't show your hand. Um, Anyone can answer here. It doesn't have to be Arnest. Darwin was making this argument, too, but he is certainly addressing the four of you. Agnitai stands there patiently. I mean, you seem to have the answer. You can answer here. You don't have to worry about a role right now. He legitimately wants to know. I'm answering it. It's not going to... It's not going to be what I said. I have to figure out how she would say it because Yolanda's not one to speak up. All right, then. Um, we understand the details of the situation better than anyone and are like, actively seeking a solution. And those details might be what specifically? That people are wasting away, hardening. Dying? That's the outcome. It's not what happened to cause it. Yes, and just because I don't know why a forest fire started doesn't mean I don't want to put it out. The effect is that things are on fire. Yeah. Yes, but... Does it matter if someone started it intentionally or if they stumbled... Over a fireplace. See, the difference is you're equating it to fire. It's much more like poison, and you don't know the cure. Ah, so this is intentional. You can accidentally poison yourself by eating the wrong mushroom. And what did half the world eat? <laughs> you're... I kind of look. You are thinking. Does he not realize we're speaking a metaphor? No, no, he absolutely <laughs> no, knows. That's what Iolana says. Okay. If there's a common thread, a loose end that can be retied, please do tell. Yeah, we'd have to be idiots to do that right now. Like, well, yeah. Sorry. I don't really have anything to add to that. Iolana will say that out loud. Okay. <laughs> but only we can stop it. Oh, here Only we go. you personally. Here we go. I, if, if that's all we've got to get us out of here, why would we tell you what's hmm. to stop? I mean, we're already on the verge of getting attacked here. We tell you how to solve the situation. What's to stop you from killing us? And what's to stop any of these fine acquaintances of mine from... Torturing that information out of you. I'll kill myself before I let you torture me. Hmm. A woman of principle. Admirable. And I can kill myself with my brain. <laughs> <laughs> He's not too concerned with the how. But <laughs> I'm just, hey, that's, that's I'm just interesting saying, to know. I just realized I could just like psychically attack my own brain. That would be insane. Hey, Lana oh can God. make her own brain explode. Cool. <laughs> I'm trying to picture like a river tam. I can kill you with my brain, but... <laughs> Kill your own quite, brain with your own brain. Doesn't yeah. quite. Yeah. It's insane. Um, the, what purpose does that serve? Well, unless there's something special about you fixing it as opposed to anyone, it really doesn't matter what condition you're left in as long as I have the answer. Has to be us. Sorry, bud. You're also assuming that we have all the pieces. And if you don't, then you're not bargaining with anything of value. Aren't we? 
if you don't have any of the pieces? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> that point was there to be made. Yeah. And power dynamics are always tough. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Are you offering to fix it for me? Well, it's not just for you, as you can clearly see, or maybe not because it's dark down no, here. No, you can see just fine down here. As you can have excellent dark vision. As you can clearly see, I am affected by this as well, but it's not just you and I, as you well know. So you don't have to consider it a favor to you. <sighs> he needs to flex on you again. Mm -hmm. I don't know how. Oh, God. <laughs> Surely, as long as one of you is here, you can help then. And he will raise a hand to the very large demon who's going to raise their crossbow. Damn it. And let off a shot at Darwin. Damn it. Should have taken a long rest. Should have taken a long rest. Dope. Uh, oh, it's well. a 13 on the die. You have lots of key points, though. I do. I'm only down 12 hit points. It could be worse. Does a 20 hit your AC? Yes. Shit. Although, also remember, Darvin, this is a missile being shot at you. Oh, uh, yeah. You want to deflect Should try to it? catch it? Yes, I do. Well, I have to deal rip damage Yeah, first. he has to do that first, and then I have to read the thing. So, how it works. he takes a shot aiming right for your face. This is intended to be a kill shot. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> Clearly intended to be a kill Mother shot. Mother of God. That wow. is maximum damage. Max damage plus an extra effect here. I'm going to oh roll to see which one it is. No. This will be the only damage that matters for your deflect missiles ability. Okay. The other thing will come afterwards as long as some of this damage gets through. Number two. All right, Darvin. That is 23 piercing damage unless you do something about that. Yeah, so I'm going to use deflect missiles. Okay, how does that work? Use your reaction to deflect or catch the missile when hit by a ranged attack. When you do, the damage you take from the attack is reduced by 1dx, sorry, 1d10 plus dex plus level. So that's the first thing, 1d10 plus dex plus level. Okay, I think this is possible. And this costs a key point. I mean, 23 is a very high number, but you are a high level, and that is d10, and your dex is pretty good. Well... As long as I'm reducing damage. That's Need a the main thing. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Thanks. No, I mean, you really don't want to take any damage from this. The follow-up effect is not fun. I see. This is possible. This is possible. It's, it's just you have to roll. I have to roll super high. It's rough. Okay. Are we ready? I'm not ready. I'm, I'm not ready. I'm Darvin. I'm not ready. Maybe I should have chosen a different die. Too late. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh. What does that come to? So, that's a nine- Plus 10 is 19. Wait, hang on. I got that wrong. No, Nine. That's not wrong. Plus dex is 14. Oh, yeah. Plus 10 is 24. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you catch this arrow hair's breadth away from plunging into your eye. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've never been so happy in my whole life. <laughs> no, that's why. <laughs> but, but pretty band-aid on a <gasps> I know, bursting but, dam. Oh my god. And there's this potential like a dam of magical energy in the tip of that crossbow bolt that you can feel was about to go off as soon as it hit you. Do you do anything after you catch this? Yes, throw so I'm gonna back. spend my key point to throw it back. 
Oh, God. I, if this hits and damage gets through, I'm going to say this thing still happens to the guy who shot you. <gasps> because the effect is loaded into the bolt right now. Ah. So, roll your attack. Forget oh, how that works. Hit. Is it a basic... Is it a normal... It's- it's a. Yeah. It's the same attack as with your um with your ranged weapon, yeah. Okay. Because it should be so like uh, with a bow, which is the yeah. same as with my short sword, right? It should be plus dex and proficiency. So it's plus nine. So it's the same. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Roll this. Okay, that is a. Man, why am I so bad at math? Twenty six. Yes, that's gonna hit. <gasps> oh my god! Oh, I love Darwin so much right now. <laughs> I knew I targeted you for a reason, and because this is really cool. So, Darvin. What's the... I don't know. The I don't damn, know. The uh, I think it deals your uh, monk weapon damage. Like... Right? Monk weapon? Like the unarmed damage? Yeah. Oh, okay. That you makes know how sense. that scales up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With your level? I think it does that. Okay, that would make sense. So, roll like a make an um, unarmed attack. Oh, let's... Check the book, Let's though. see. Because it might be the... It might be the damage of whatever the... Yeah. Attack oh, is true. also... It could be either one. Let's take a moment to relearn something about monks. Monk, deflect missiles. You can spend a key point to make a ranged attack. Uh, you make it with proficiency, regardless of weapon proficiencies. The missile counts as a monk weapon for the attack. has a normal range of 20 feet and a long range of 60 feet. We're going to say you hit him. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's it. It counts. If it counts as a monk weapon, wouldn't that be the same as his unarmed? Aren't those monk weapons? Yes, yeah, but also, yeah. so is a short sword is a monk weapon. So this, a but short bow is a monk weapon. But um, but those damages are. Oh, here we go. Here we go. For do this like the uh, martial arts one. I may be totally wrong here, but you're level ten, so your martial arts is a d six. Sounds right. Plus dex, right? Yeah. yeah. Got you. So that I should think be that's it. How that works, right? One d six plus dex. Um. Okay. I'm going to take the fun option here and say use the damage that this weapon itself would cause. Nice. But since it's a monk weapon, you're adding your dex bonus. Okay. uh, Instead of this creature's also dex bonus. Okay. So roll 2d10 for damage. Nice. And add your dex. That is the fun option. 1d6 just sounds way too low. Okay, so that's a roll to... That's a 6, right? Yeah, that's a 6. And an 8, which is 14, plus my dex, which is 5, which is 19 damage. Okay. And then, the magical effect that was loaded into this crossbow bolt goes off. So, Darvin, you're going to need to borrow some d10s here. Okay. Because I'm going to let you roll the damage on this. So, Darvin. How many do I need? This die was loaded with a blindness effect. You need 5d10. There you go. 5d10s. Ready? 5d10. Go ahead and roll that. Two-handing here. <laughs> so let's see. 7 plus 10 is 17. Plus 7 is 24. Plus 6. That's a 9. Oh, crap. Where was I? 24 mm-hmm. plus 33 plus 5. 38 damage. Yeah. So you dealt... You dealt 19 from the bolt itself, plus an extra 38 radiant damage as a burst of light explodes in this demon's face. Oh my god. Sorry. As a burst of light explodes in front of this fiend's face. Thank you. And now, 
it, and let's just say half of those smaller demons that were with it need to make a dexterity saving throw. Nice. Well, the big guy who shot you rolled a one, so he <laughs> failed. The other ones have a negative to their decks, so they failed as well. Nice. They are all blinded until the end of this giant fiend's next turn. So, that sucked for them. <laughs> in one very quick moment, the fiend tried to shoot Darwin in the face and instead had that bolt thrown back at him, causing a lot of pain and now a blinding light. <laughs> Vesk is mildly impressed. Acne Tai is certainly not pleased to see fiends hurt, but at the same time, like, not displeased. Not like they're expendable, but also they're not dead yet. You haven't killed anybody. Ah, ah, I see. Quite skilled indeed. You could make a fine companion for one of us. Someday. I doubt that you could ever replace Miss Agony Ty there for me. But there are others. Hmm. If you can fix this... For me, if it fixes it for other people too, I'm not as concerned. <laughs> it's not a deal breaker by no means. Hmm. I mean, yes, there's of course the option here of just letting you live, but I have a feeling I would owe you more. Hmm. 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 Opening salvo went way against what he wanted. <laughs> Go, Darwin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the most damage I've ever done, and it wasn't even my turn. That was so fantastic. <laughs> that was really no kind of awesome. It was like the most badass thing you could have done. Hmm. <laughs> All right. I'll let you try to fix this mess. On one condition. Always. Of course. Sorry, I Arnest didn't There's say that. There's a chance you fail, <laughs> and I am, well... Just as dead as a commoner. So, if you leave this island without assisting any of the other members here, we could have a peaceful end to this unfortunate incident. Just so we're clear, define assist. Do you have other deals with members here? No, but I'd like to know your definition of what you think assisting someone means before I accept. Well, uh, hmm. I think you're just gonna have to put out on front street if I play music for. Well, if he's paying well, you, that's not assisting. Maybe. If Akiri or Princess Colette or Captain Edmondson or Noah or anybody else who happens to be here asks you for help, to complete a task for them, just simply refuse. I want my condition fixed first. Yeah, but you attacked me, so I don't really whoa, think whoa, whoa, we. Darwin, what? Screw this guy! I don't want to help him. I well, I mean, we're going to anyway, though. Eh, what he wants, him what he wants is for us to fix Dude. the withering. Dude, demigod, god of fiends, multiple fiends, including one that does two d ten on a crossbow. Um, <sighs> a fight here is not instant death can definitely assure you that. But it ain't going to be easy to survive. And Levesque is unarmed. This guy's a douche. I'm and according to, to Agni Tai, 
not gifted with anything from his father. Oh, that's fair. So screw it. We can mess up some fiends. Come on. This guy's a jerk. I don't want to consort with him. But we're not consorting with him. We're literally telling him, we're going to go do what we were already going to do. Yeah, but now he's acting like we're doing some big favor and we're making some bargain after he literally tried to shoot me in the face. And the only reason he cares is because he couldn't. You understand what I'm getting at. I do not feel like working with this dude. Darwin makes a solid point. I feel like we should just <laughs> murder him. I don't know. I mean, I agree with Darwin. You do realize the second he brings her actually into this fight, we're dead, right? Yeah. See, that's my problem. We do not have it in us right now in the state we're in to go toe-to-toe with a god. To be fair... She said she's not at her full power because she's keeping this island up and moving. Still, though. Her plus all the other people. I just wanted to put that out there. I don't really want to fight a god either, but Darwin is angry and does not want to talk to this guy anymore. That is also fair. He is a dick. (laughs) And standing in front of the door that you came in through. Yes. Unfortunately. Just ask him outright. It's dangerous. Don't play with the riddle. Just ask him outright. If your thought is, let's just kill this guy and get the fuck out of here. No, 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 That's no, an exit no. strategy. I, uh, as much as I want to do that, because he's a jerk, is simply playing music for someone assisting them? It's uh, tedious more than anything, really. <laughs> music. I I appreciate the the mathematics behind it, but artistically, I find no value in it. Cool. Deal. And I leave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought Arnis was going to hit him. I, like, Arnis wants to, but basically, like, that means I can still do what we're here to do and leave and do the other thing we were already going to do without having to fight a shit ton of dudes. (laughs) Even though I do want to punch him in the face because he just tried to kill Darvin. I'm going to log that away. And not because he insulted your craft. Nah, he's not the first. He won't be the last. <laughs> I'm more worried about the shooty in the face. <laughs> okay, that's fair. So you're agreeing to his terms. You're not going to help out any of the other members here on the island with anything. And you're going to go see that he gets cured. Well, I'm going to see that I get cured too. But, you know, that's neither here nor there as far as he's concerned because apparently the world revolves around him. So I'm good. Let's go. Welcome to the life of Glamour members. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. Um. <laughs> To choose one of you for something. <laughs> this die. Cool, it's Darvin. I like the way that fits. Starvin just showed off a lot. I did. Alright. Was total badass. <laughs> that was fun. Arna starts heading towards the door and is gonna walk right past Levesque. Everybody joining? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sam eagerly follows. He's in no mood to fight this many people right now. He didn't think it was gonna be this dangerous. As you reach Levesque. He doesn't move. He simply stares each of you in the eye as you walk by him, one by one, as if he's trying to read you, like your books, like you're just information. And he takes careful note of each of you as you head towards the door. It is unlocked, of course, and he's not going to lock himself down here. And as you start exiting out, Darwin, Arnis, Iolana, Sam... Just before the door closes behind you, you can hear Agni Tai raise her voice slightly. It was a pleasure meeting you all. 
do come back down and visit. It would be uh, wonderful to get out sometime. And the door shuts behind you. Where are you going? Back to the room, back I would assume. Room, yeah. Okay. You all head back to the room. It's still nighttime. The plant and wooden guardians within the halls are still stationed right where they were before. And they watch as you return to your room. Closing the door behind you, you have privacy once again, as much as you ever had in this room. You doing anything? Or is this just fast forward to morning? Uh, I want to apologize to Darwin for not punching that dude in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Or restarting the fight after they basically tried to, like, murder the crap out of him. You were right. But I agree with your impulse. (laughs) But I want to at least think about going back and murdering that dude at some point later. Oh, it's in my brain. Nice. Okay, 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 okay. That was a douche. Yeah, he was. And he's holding a god cat that's weird and like, okay. More than captive. Yeah. He's holding a god companion. So, anything that you're doing before the night is over? I feel like before the night is over, uh, Yolanda's going to... Alana's broken a lot of like her daily traditions over the last few days. So she's really going to take the time to like do her evening meditation and her prayer to Corbinal. And then first thing in the morning, we'll be looking over her journal because that's when she expects to have some sort of note from dad. But before she goes to bed, she's going to add a comma to that note that will say, um, due to recent events, this may not be an option for me, but I don't know what you know about the, uh, you know, I don't know what the, but it may be an option for someone else in the guild. Hmm. Okay. Okay, okay. Arnis, is there anything you want to do before bed? Not particularly. Okay. Darvin, is there anything you need to do before bed? Did we finish the growlers of beer? I was thinking that. I was thinking, like, I want to drink more and then go to sleep. <laughs> if you need there to be more beer in those growlers still, yes, there's still more beer in those growlers still. I want to drink more before I go to bed. Okay. After you're finishing up drinking and heading to the, heading to your room, laying down on the most comfortable bed you've been in since your own, and you're like taking your sword off, putting your bag somewhere in the room, you come upon a small note in your pocket. Uh-oh. And this note simply says, It was wonderful to meet you. I do look forward to you freeing me from this place. No matter what it might cost, Levesque. Anytime you wish to come visit me, the door is open, and it is signed Agni Tai. I'm going to show Arnis, but that can wait till morning, assuming we've already... Yeah, this is in your room. I don't need to be like, hey, Arnis! It's not that big a deal, but, you know. Morning comes. What are you doing today? Uh... Now, this is short. Number one, check and see if Dad wrote me anything. Number two... Go tell uh, Akiri, thank you, no thank you. Number three, GTFO off this island. Yeah, sounds good to me. We got to get back to... My list is basically one thing long, and it's GTFO. Okay, okay. First, Ilana, of course your father has written back by now. He writes back. It was a very interesting proposal. I had heard rumors of a private group steering matters in the world. Having a person on the inside could be invaluable, but if there's nothing you need from that island now, we can worry about that later. It seems the dwarves will finish their excavation tonight, 
So by the time you return, we should be able to locate the body of Pathox. Okay. Thank you. Darvin, anything else you want to take care of this morning? I don't think so. Arnis? I don't think so. All right. So, after everybody's awake, dressed, Darvin's shown this note around. Basically, a hall pass to come see Agni Tai again. I don't think that she... I mean, I think there's something in there, too, more than what I said. About how she didn't attack you because she wanted you dead. But just, like, orders are orders. Right. But after you've all dressed, gotten your gear together, Mistress Sangal and Akiri will come to your room. Come to the suite. Good morning. I hope everybody slept comfortably. Yes, the beds are quite nice. Now then, I know, uh, Miss Iolana, you had said you wished to wait till morning before making a decision. Yes, and after thinking it over, my obligations to those who I am aligned with are not ones that I can currently break at this time. Very well. I don't know the next time you'll be on this island unless you accompany Aranus again. There is no ill will in this refusal here. I am not offended. We're simply trying to help you in your tasks. So if you do not wish to join us as companions, do you wish to stay and entertain more and be entertained more? <laughs> nope. Uh, I need to get back to the mainland. I have things I have to get get done would you have told us about the excavation? I haven't had time yet. You could have had time before. Yes, uh, then yes. I, I told showed you. Up. Like, the, I'm not trying to say he cut you off from any important morning business. Yeah, then so. yes, I would have told you. Yeah. Just like Darwin had time to talk to everybody about the note. Okay, sure. Then I would say we have pressing business back in Capris. Very well. I take it you will be uh, needing my ship again. We need a ship. So... Yes. Well, if uh, if you wanted to deliver Vale's present personally, I could certainly suggest a second ship <laughs> if you don't wish to accompany me back to the mainland. Well, you have to have Vale before we can give Vale a present. I will do my best to delay the captain then. Edmondson is a proud man, but easily swayed. Okay. So we just want to go back to Capris. Yep. I think so. Okay. Ikiri's going to give some very quick instructions to Mr. Sangal uh, to make arrangements to see that Captain Edmondson's ship doesn't leave the island. So that way, the gift of Earl Earl is still available for Vale when you return. As you get on the ship and begin pulling away from Terencia, he will inform you, we will not be able to detain the captain indefinitely. So I hope that you can get Vale back soon that they may take claim of their gift. We're going to hope so, too. Okay. You get back on Ikiri's ship, the Paramore, and begin heading for Capris. As you leave Terencia behind, you once again travel through the thick fog cloud surrounding the island. And as you emerge, you once again see the shoreline of Sarakar. And as you get closer and closer... To the small port town of Capris, things are not right. Oh, God. Uh-oh. Before you can get close enough to anchor to get the longboat out to travel back to shore, you can already hear screaming. Oh, that's not good. Oh, God. Getting onto the longboat 
Mistress Sangal once again enchants the oars to magically row you back to shore. She is not moving with any greater speed than when you first left. And as you get closer, you see people panicked in the roads and running and being attacked. (sighs) And as you exit the longboat and hop out onto the docks, you see all sorts of animal-human hybrids attacking the citizens and guests of Capris. There are several standing in defense of the residents and the guests, including the dwarves, Hemert and Ismara, the constructs, Mersakin and Holbrock, a number of sailors from various ships that came here. In addition, you see Arnus's mom, Adriana Baufall, and she is wielding weapons unlike any of you have seen before. Probably most similar, actually, to what Iolana wields. Out of one hand, just extending from her fingers, is this bright white light of energy. And she is like fending off attacks and slicing through people. I think with a closer look, you can see some of that energy crackling up her arm and up onto her face as well. And finally, and absolutely most noticeably, you see Ezabeth in full dragon form, and she is towering over the buildings and the citizens. Her tail is almost completely boned now. Uh, It is running all up and down her back and down at least one of her legs. But she is still fearsome to behold. I don't know how much partial black dragon, partial bone dragon is not scarier than just a black <laughs> dragon, but I'll leave that up to you to decide. <laughs> um, and yes, you see a number of these half-humanoid, half-animal creatures uh, attacking the citizens. People are running in a panic. At the far end of the road, you see this large tiger charging down at someone. And you see an Aarakocra zooming down from the sky to intercept it. And as the two meet, they merge into a centaur-like creature. Tiger bottom, winged Aarakocra top. Whoa. It rears up on its back two legs and is about to stamp down on this small child just running for their lives. When you hear it scream out in pain as it gets stabbed in the back over and over again. And turning, you see Vale, one-armed, stabbing it over and over, and is howling out in pain before Elizabeth marches over, fiercely, coldly, slams a foot down on the pair of them. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Tucker Tuttle and Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello and Sierra Jones. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan. 
Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blocklin for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at dibbermusic.com and on Twitter at dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrim.